Good morning. What a beautiful day. And the weather. Ah, oh, yes. The weather is wonderful. It's beautiful. And last week was very special. Uh, Sunday night was a very special night as well. Um, the Cowboys uh, destroyed the New York Giants, uh, which uh, was a beautiful thing. Beautiful thing. Um, sorry about sorry about what happened with the Chiefs on Thursday. Um, you know, but today is a new day, right? Today's a new day, <clears throat> so it's all good. Um, I'm rooting for them, um, but uh, yeah, Cowboys uh, took care of business, so it was nice. Um, so, <laughs> speaking of that, um, for those of you who are fans, sports fans, uh, you might have heard uh, this line or this saying said before, and it's especially helpful if you're a fantasy football player like myself, um, but there's this line that they use, it's no, there's no greater ability than availability. So I don't know if you've heard that before, but a lot of different coaches and people in different sports will say there's no greater ability in sports than availability because you could be super talented and super gifted in football or soccer or baseball or whatever it is, but if you're always injury prone or you're always getting hurt, and you can't be out there playing, then you can't help the team, right? And so one of the things that they look for when they're drafting players or making trades or whatever is they're looking for guys who don't get hurt all the time, right? Uh, but sometimes there's guys that are really, really gifted, but they have an injury history. So it's like a risk and reward. What do I do? You know, what's more valuable? Um, but you have one player who's good and he never gets hurt, or you have another player who's great but he gets hurt all the time, so you don't know when that greatness will be out there. So you have to choose between the two. But you'll hear them say all the time, again, typically they go this route. It's about being available. Can you get out there? Can you be on the field and actually help contribute to the team? So being available is actually more valuable than being incredible, right? And you see that in the Word of God. You see that in Scripture throughout human history the people God chose. I mean, they were just messed up, broken people. You know, they're just humans, everyday Joes, right? But God chose these people. They weren't super gifted or talented or incredible in any way. They're just average. But what do you see from them? They were available, right? They made themselves available to God. They came to God and said, all right, God, the classic line, they would say, here I am, Lord, Right? Here I am. You know, Isaiah said it, right, when they were saying, who, who shall we send and who will go for us? And Isaiah steps up and he says, here I am, Lord, send me. Right? He was available to God. And that's, those are the people. That was the defining characteristic of the people that God chose. And that he used in powerful, incredible, magnificent, miraculous ways. Average people. But they were available, and they said yes, and they committed to God. Isn't that encouraging? <laughs> that it's just, it's not about being incredible in some way, shape, or form. It's just saying, yes, I'll go. I'm available. I'm here. And when it comes to hearing the voice of God, availability is key. Regularity. It, do we keep our ears open to hear from him? Are we staying present to God? Are we inviting his presence into every moment 
of our life. Because the truth is, we all know he is present. But are, are our ears open to him? Do we position ourselves to hear from him in each moment? And so the title of my message this morning is, Here I Am, Lord. Here I am, Lord. So we're going to be talking about availability, keeping ourselves available and open to the Lord. So we're continuing in our series this morning on ears to hear or the art of listening for the voice of God. So there is a difference between listening for and listening to, right? Listening for is an intentionality. It is posturing ourselves, positioning ourselves in a place to where we can hear God's voice and learn to recognize that voice. Listening to has more to do with submission to his lordship, right? But we're talking about listening for intentionality, making ourselves available. And so last week, we talked about tuning in, tuning into God's voice. How do we recognize the voice of God in our lives and how God speaks in two primary different ways? Scripturally, he speaks through the word of God. And we talked about how we can recognize God's voice in the word. And then he speaks internally in our hearts, right? The Holy Spirit speaks to us. He is our guide, our counselor, our teacher, our comforter. All those things are speaking. He is speaking into our lives, into each moment we live and we plan out our lives by the principles of God's word. And then we live moment to moment by the presence of him and his spirit and his voice. So we plan by the principle, live by the presence, and those two things coming together, the voice of the spirit of God and then the power, the authority, the, the eternal truths of the word of God coming together for us to hear and recognize God's voice. So we talked about that last week. And so today we're going to talk about this idea of regularity, of consistency, of staying open, keeping our ears Open. You guys all know that when it comes to friendships, the deepest and most intimate friendships are the ones where there's consistent presence, right? You're together a lot, and you spend time together. Now, sometimes what happens is you spend a big chunk of time with people early on in your life, and they become very close friends, and then as you get older, it's not as consistent, right? You guys all know that. But the depth is there. The trust is there. You've built the bridge of trust that can hold the weight of truth. And so you have that incredible connection with someone in your life, hopefully, um, that you can share completely honestly with and vulnerably with, right? Because you've built that bridge of trust. But that came because of persistent and consistent presence to that person in your life. Right? And you've built that trust over time. The same is true in our walk with the Lord. When we are consistently present to the Lord, then we begin to trust him more. Because every time we see him, we see a new facet of why he deserves our trust. Right? Because we see a new glimpse of his goodness and his glory and his faithfulness to us and his love for us. And then we're won over again. And again, and we're one over, and we're one over, and we're one over, and that, and that trust draws us together and has that intimacy in our relationship of friendship, which is what God invites us into, to be friends of God. So when it comes to consistency and seeking God, uh, there's a character in the Bible that I love to refer to, uh, very consistent in his pursuit of the Lord, and that's King David. 
So David was persistent. He sought God in every situation of his life. He invited God into every moment of his life. He was always open. His heart was open to the Lord. He made some dumb mistakes because he was human like we are, right? He had some some mistakes. But God himself said of David, even after the mistakes, this is a man after my own heart. This is a man after my own heart. So what can we learn from David in this persistent pursuit of God, inviting him in. Look in Psalms 5, verse 1 through 3, and the New King James says this, Give ear to my words, O Lord. Consider my meditation. Give heed to the voice of my cry, my King and my God, for to you I will pray. My voice you shall hear in the morning, O Lord. In the morning I will direct it to you, and I will look up. He says, hey, every morning you can count on it, God. You're going to hear me. Soon as I wake up, you're going to hear my voice. So he's like, oh, Jesus. And that's the first thing. As soon as his eyes open, he gives his attention to God. He immediately acknowledges God's presence and invites him in. Every morning, he said, every morning, God, you're going to hear me. You're going to hear my voice in the morning. Psalms 25, verse 3 and 4 says, Show me your ways, Lord. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me, for you are God my Savior, and my hope is in you all day long. All day long, I have an eager expectation of your presence and your life in my life. I'm expecting from you that if there's good to come, I know where it's coming from. Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights, right? in whom there's no variation or shadow of turning. So anything good, I'm expecting that goodness to come from you, not from some other place. No, my hope is in you consistently throughout the day. I don't switch hopes. I don't put my hope in you for a little while, and then my hope in this football game for a little while. Um, Or in this or in that or whatever. My hope is in you consistently all day long. So every morning, you'll hear me, all day long, my hope is in you. And then 14 and 15 of Psalms 25, the Lord confides in those who fear him. He makes his covenant known to them. My eyes are ever on the Lord, for only he will release me from my feet from the snare. My eyes are ever on the Lord, always. I'm always looking up. I'm always looking to him consistently. Psalms 27, 4, one thing I ask from the Lord, you guys know this one, the only do I, only one thing do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord, what? All the days of my life, all the days, every day of my life, and I want to gaze on his beauty every day and seek him in his temple every day, every day. I want to seek him every day. I want to be open to him. Psalms 34, verse 1, I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. So you see the pattern here? Consistently present. Consistently present to God. Inviting God in each moment. Every morning, every day, his hope is in him. His days are dedicated to him. He will gaze upon him. He will seek him in his temple daily, 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 moment, moment, moment. For when David, when things were good, for David, what did he do? He praised the Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Man, thank you, God, for this amazing day. Thank you for these amazing people. Thank you for all these wonderful and amazing things. When things were bad, he cried out to the Lord. God, help. 
Help, I'm in need. Help, I'm feeling crushed. Help, my feet are stuck in the net. Help, my enemies surround me. Help, help, help. He went to the Lord and he cried, to, cried out to him. When he had a success or a victory in his life, he gave God the credit. Thank you, God. You were the one who won this victory. You're the one who brought this good. You're the one who set me free. It was you. And then when he made a mistake and he failed and he sinned, he ran to God in repentance, seeking his mercy. God created me a clean heart. Every moment, good, bad, ugly, success, failure, he went to Jesus. Every moment of his life became an opportunity to present and be aware and give attention to God. Every moment of his life. He was a man after God's heart, a friend of God, because he was always in communion, fellowship, connection with God one way or another, finding a way to stay connected to the heart of God. And when it comes to recognizing the voice of God, that consistent presence allows recognition, right? The more you hear a voice, the more you recognize it. And so the more we're present, the more we hear, the more we recognize, and the more we recognize, the more we hear, because God is speaking. He is speaking to us. And then the more we give him our attention, the more we're going to hear him in those moments. In order to maintain God's frequency, it needs to be frequent. In order to maintain God's frequency, that tuning in to what he's saying, it needs to be frequent. It needs to be consistent. We need to constantly be pre presenting ourselves to the Lord. And what's amazing about this is it's actually really simple. It's not complicated. It's very, very simple and very practical, and we're going to talk about that. Very practical things can turn our hearts to God, right? But it needs to be frequent. We create the practice and pattern of inviting God into every situation and moment so that we can hear him speak into those situations and moments, right? So we make it a practice to invite him into the moment so that we can hear him in those moments. But it takes an invitation. He must first be invited in. He's not going to barge in. Sometimes he'll, sometimes he'll barge in with his mercy and his grace. Thank God for that, right? But most of the time, he's waiting for you to invite him in, to be Lord in that place, right? Um, so I don't know if you guys know this comedian. Anybody ever heard of Jim Gaffigan before? I know you know him then. <laughs> I hear the laughs just hearing the name. Um, oh, my goodness. Uh, he just ruins me. Um, because he's got, he's, he's got five kids, and, uh, and so all, a lot of his humor is around parenting. And so it just absolutely destroys me when I hear his stand-up comedy acts, you know. And, and you guys have probably heard this one before, but I can't help it. Um, he says, you want to you know what it's like having five kids? He goes, first, imagine that you're drowning. And someone hands you a baby. <laughs> that's, that's what it's like. And so he said him and his wife have uh, this open door policy with their kids. He said, so we have this open door policy. And what that means is if, you know, if our kids are ever afraid or scared at night, you know, they can uh, come into our room and wet the bed. <laughs> and he says, and as a good husband, you know, you know, if I feel like the, the kid has wet the bed, what I do is uh, turn over and hope that she recognizes it first. 
But they have this open door policy, right, with our kids. And you guys have probably experienced that before as parents. Um, But that's what we're after with the Lord, is to cultivate and create an open door policy with the Holy Spirit in our lives, where we keep the door open, where he can speak into, he's allowed, we invite him to speak into any moment, any situation, finances, relationships, work, friendships, entertainment, whatever it is. Open door policy, Holy Spirit. Whatever you want to speak, whenever you want to speak, it's open. It's open to you. It's not this open and closing relationship. It's like, okay, well, I have my time with the Lord now. Close the door. Go on to my life. And then the next day I'll open the door to him again and then we'll have a time. No, just leave it open. Right throughout the day. It's an open conversation. That's what we're after is cultivating an open door policy with the Holy Spirit. So how do we do that? How do we cultivate an open door? Number one, acknowledge his presence. It all begins with acknowledgement and attention. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, you guys, many of you have memorized this verse, right? Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths, right? In all your ways, what? Acknowledge him and then what? He will direct your paths. He can't direct our paths if we're not acknowledging him in that path, in that moment, in that situation. And so he says, acknowledge me and then I'll direct you. But if we close the door, then his voice isn't there. It's not present. And so we have to acknowledge that he is there. It's this this remaining, this consistent belief conviction even that the spirit of God that God is always with us and in us always he's always present and it's not just a belief it's not just oh yeah I believe that to be true yeah yeah God's with us yeah I believe that to be true no I believe it to be true for me I have accepted that as true in my life this is my reality it's not just a belief It's not just that it's true, it's real. God is present. He is with me at all times. The living God, the righteous ruler of all the earth, dwells within me. His spirit is in me. And that truth can transform our life. Can you imagine if you had a friend that loved you perfectly, always had the best wisdom and advice, cared for you like no one else, faithful to the end, that was standing by your side in every moment of your life. When hardship came, brokenness came, what would you do? You have that friend right next to you. You cry on their shoulder. When you celebrated and something amazing happened, what would you do with that friend? You give them a hug, high five. This is awesome. When you have questions and you don't know what you're supposed to do in your life, what would you do with a friend that's right there next to you like that? You would talk to him. Hey, I need your advice. I need to get some info. That's the reality that we live with. We have that friend who's with us always. And that conviction can change the way we live. Ephesians 3, 17 says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts 
through faith. Verse 20, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. He is present in us in every moment. And so our job is simply to acknowledge his presence. Yes, God, you are there. You are here in this moment. And let that belief sink down into a place of reality. Not just, not just a truth, not just something that we believe for everybody. No, but this is true for me. And then it's that action behavior gap going from value to reprioritizing our life around the truth. It's not just a value. We're now reprioritizing our lives around that value that God is with me and in me and alive. Amen? So, number one is acknowledge his presence. Number two, invite him in. So it's not just acknowledging that he's there. It's giving him the invitation. It's like, oh yeah, you're, you're here, God. Well, on we go. You know what I mean? It's, it's inviting him, intentionally inviting him into those moments, asking for help, giving Jesus a formal invitation. And it's, it's something like this. Jesus, come and be Lord in this area of my life. Not just the area, because we love to generalize things. God, come be Lord in this wound in my heart. Will you rule over this wound? Will you rule over this relationship? God, will you be Lord over this worry? Be Lord in this place. It's a formal invitation saying, God, I know my life is surrendered to you, but let me be more specific, God. This is surrendered to you. Come and be Lord in this specific place and moment. Invite him in, and then he can speak into that moment in those places. And you guys know, when you invite someone into the deepest and darkest places of your heart, and the heaviest and hardest things, and you've done that with someone a few times, who's the first person you think of when hardship arises? It's that person, right? Who do you think to call? It, it's them. Because you've already entrusted your heart to them, so they're the first person that comes to your mind when hardship comes, situations arise. Psalms 20 verse 7 says, Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember or trust in the name of the Lord our God. But part of trust is remembering him in those moments. Oh yeah, God is here. He's available. He loves me perfectly. You can tell when you really trust someone because they will be the first person you go to in a time of crisis. That's how you can tell who you really trust. So the question is, is that Jesus? Is he the first person you go to? He's the closest in any situation. He's right there within you. So inviting him in to those specific, be Lord. So number one is acknowledge him. Number two is give him a formal invitation. Invite him in, right? But here's the key. Here's number three. We want to keep our ears open. Keep our ears open. In other words, don't let, let's not close the door. 
Because we, we'll do this, right? We'll acknowledge God in a moment. We'll invite him into a situation in our time with him in the morning, right? And then we'll close the door. And then we'll move on. Let's keep that thing open. And then throughout the day, God can continue the conversation. Keeping our ears open. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 says, And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus. Fixing our eyes on him, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Colossians 3, 2, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Romans 8, 5, those who live in accordance with the spirit have their minds set on what the spirit desires. The idea here is this open door, anywhere, anytime, the conversation can just continue. It's an open conversation. It can start in your time with the Lord in the morning and continue throughout the day. It doesn't have to end there. You can continue the conversation. He's still with you. So the conversation can continue. It's kind of like this. We are live with God. You know what I mean? Like coming to you live from New York City or whatever. Like the live broadcast, right? It's on live. It's not recorded. It's not pre-recorded. It's live. Right? And you know, in live TV, you know, you don't, <laughs> you, when you see blurbs and, and little things that happen, right? Uh, in live TV where someone doesn't realize that they're live. Have you guys seen those videos of like newscasters and stuff? And they're like, yeah, you know, I'm like, well, I don't know. It's crazy. You know, and stuff. And they're like, you're live. And they're like, oh, oh yes, uh, live here uh, at the, you know. We're live with God 24-7. Our thoughts, our feelings, everything we experience. It's a live feed with Jesus. But what's amazing is he's live to us. It's a live feed on what's happening, what God is doing. And he wants to invite us in, right? Friends, servants don't know their master's business. That's why Jesus said, I call you friends. Because everything I've heard from my father, I've made known to you. So we have a live connection. That's just true. That's just truth, period. Right now, you're live with God. In this moment. Now, there's a difference between being live and being alive to God. Okay? The A, add in the A, that's attention. Because we have a live feed with God all the time. The question is, are we giving it attention? Are we turning our attention towards that live feed with God? And seeing what he's doing, hearing what he's saying, and inviting him in. So, I told you practical things, practical things. So how do we keep our attention on the live feed? Right? How do we keep our attention on God just throughout the day? What are some practical things we can do? Little reminders, things that remind us that God is with us, right? Because you guys all know we're human, right? We go through the day, we get distracted, we have responsibilities, we have things that we're doing, and we get in a lane, and, you know, God's just kind of out there, you know, somewhere, and, and it happens all the time. So how, what are little reminders that will keep our attention on him? Okay, so a few little reminders. Number one, creation, the beauty of creation. It's a reminder. You walk outside, you feel the wind. Hopefully it's not super humid and 120 degrees and the wind makes you feel like you're wet with boiling water. Um, that's not as refreshing. Um, but it's alive. Going outside is huge because it's a living environment. I was telling Katie about this the other day. Literally, the air is moving. Clouds are moving. The sun that is shining, there is heat, you feel things, the animals are moving, right? Trees are growing, everything around you is living, like there's something special about that. But when we see 
the sunrise, the sunset, when we see beautiful clouds and trees, and, and, and if, if we take the, the time to look at the details of one leaf or simple things, there's just glory. The glory of God is everywhere around us. And David was the king of this. He, he, I mean, not literally the king. He was the king of Israel. But, but he saw this, and he wrote about it. God's glory is everywhere. Everywhere I look, I see him. So when we see creation, we, we're reminded, Psalms 19, verse 1 through 4, the heavens declare the glory of God, the skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they reveal knowledge. They have no speech. They use no words. No sound is heard from them, yet their voice goes out into all the earth, their words to the end of the world. Man, creation is testifying of God's glory. So when we see, that's a reminder. Thank you, God. God, thank you for that sunrise. Thank you, God, for the beauty of your creation, the fingerprint, your signature of art on the world around me. Thank you, God. And then number two, gratitude. It's a simple thing that keeps our attention back on God. Wake up to gratitude. Find, find ways to thank God for things. There's so much to be thankful for in our lives. David did this. Psalms 9, 1 and 2, I will give thanks to you, Lord, with all of my heart. I will tell of all your wonderful deeds. I will be glad and rejoice in you. I will sing the praises of your name, O Most High. Testimony. When God does something amazing in your life, share it with somebody. Tell people. Tell your church family. Testify of what God is doing. Let's bring glory to his name every moment. When we constantly pour forth gratitude... For little things like David, something good happens. Thank you, God. Thank you for this. When we do that, what does that do? Keeps the door open. Keeps the door open. Gratitude keeps the door open. Number three, healthy rhythms. Isaiah 50 verse 4 says, He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to listen like one being instructed. Morning after morning, there is a rhythm to David. He said, every morning, you're going to hear my voice. God, <laughs> every morning. So having a rhythm, having a simple rhythm and a time that you say, okay, I'm dedicating this to you, God. This time is your time. And he deserves the best. So what is the best of your time? What is the best part of your day when you're the most alert, when you're the best? Let's, let's give him that. Healthy rhythm, just healthy rhythms. Keeps our attention on the Lord. Um, worship music. Worship music is great. Man, that, that helps me keep the door open. When I'm listening to worship music and I'm, my heart is singing praise to God, oh, I just, the, the revelation, the truth that he is there with me becomes more real because now I'm experiencing and feeling the presence of God near me. So I'm not just, I don't just know of his nearness, I can feel his nearness. And that keeps the door open, keeps the door open. Um, David, 34, Psalms 34, remember he says, um, I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. I will glory in the Lord. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. Glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. All right, and then the last one is simple prayers. Simple prayers, okay? We don't have to be complicated. It doesn't have to be a lot. It doesn't have to be a lot of words. Look at what Jesus said, Matthew 6, 7, and 8, and the message says this, the world is full of so-called prayer warriors who are prayer ignorant. They're full of formulas and programs and advice peddling techniques for getting what you want from God. Don't fall for that nonsense. This is your father you are dealing with. 
He knows better than you what you need. With a God like this loving you, you can pray very simply. Simple. Simple prayers. So in the same way God can speak a single word and transform our life, our prayer can just be a single word, single phrase. Just help. Lord, help. Keeps the door open. Or something like this. I give this to you, God. You're walking into a meeting. You're worried about a situation that you're afraid of. Simple prayer. God, I just give this to you. I can't tell you how many times I do that. Constantly. I'm just going to give this to you, God. And I walk in. What does that do? Keeps the door open. During a conversation with someone. I know this sounds crazy, but it's true. There's plenty of times where I've been in a conversation with a person, they're sharing something that's really hard or complex, and I'm like, God, what do I say? <laughs> you know, Like, Lord, give me the words. I don't know what to say or how to respond to this. Lord, help me. What does it do? It keeps the door open. Does that make sense? It's just simple things. Keep the door open, and then that consistent presence to God. We hear his voice, we recognize it. And then, not only that, but all these little areas, we can say, yeah, you're Lord. Jesus is my Lord and Savior. And when we say that, we mean it. Every area of our life. And when we discover a new area, hey God, will you be Lord here too? Amen? So this is what I want to do. I want to close with this. I want to practice real quick being alive to God. I want to practice it. So what we're going to do is we're going to take just a few minutes. And you're like, oh, no, what do I have to do? It's, it's just simple. What we're going to do is worship team's going to come up here. And that's my cue to the worship team, <clears throat> my not-so-subtle cue. <laughs> the worship team will come up. <laughs> um, and so they're going to lead us in worship, and we're just going to follow this pattern. We're going to start with acknowledging God, right? We're going to worship him, give him our attention, okay? We're going to sing a song that we sing this morning, uh, Love Came Down, right? And so we're going to give God our attention and worship for just a couple of minutes, and then we're going to invite him in. We're going to be intentional, invite God in. Maybe there's an area of your life where you, when you're talking about those moments that you need to say, God, will you be Lord in this area? Maybe there's something that popped up. You're like, that's the area I need to invite God to be Lord in. Okay, do that. Okay, so we're going to worship. We're going to invite him in. And then our goal for the rest of the day is keep the door open. We're going to start the conversation, invite God in, and let's keep the door open. Does that sound good? Okay, awesome. I like that. I like, some, I like it. I was like, all right, that sounds good. All right, so this is what we're going to do. We're going to start with some worship, and we're just going to give God our attention. So you just stand to your feet. We're going to worship the Lord and give him our attention, and then we'll go from there. Sorry, I kind of put the worship team. is true. 
I am 
attention. And we acknowledge that you are present in the room. Oh God, you are present in us. So Father, right now, we invite you in. Lord, will you come and be Lord? God, in the deepest places of our heart. Will you come and be Lord over our fears? Will you come and be Lord over our doubts, our questions? Will you come and be Lord over our anxieties and our worries in our relationships? Or will you come, God, we ask you, be Lord. Father, I ask God that you will speak, speak to us, God. Our ears are open. But speak into our fears, our wounds, our doubts. Father, will you speak the truth where there is a lie? Where we recognize the lies for what they are and we renounce them. God, will you speak truth? What are you saying, God? continue to speak, God, and we choose, Lord, in this moment, God, to open the door. Lord, and God, we ask, God, for the grace, because we need your grace, to keep the door open. Lord, help us keep the door open, God. We don't want to close the door to your voice, God. We don't want to close it to your presence. Help us keep that door open, Jesus. Remind us that you're with us, God in creation, in gratitude, Lord, in worship, in simple prayers, God, in rhythms, Lord, in every part of our life, God, will you show up and remind us, that, God, that you are Lord and you are present and you are with us in every moment of our lives, God, that we're never alone and you're there and you're speaking truth. And so, Lord, help us receive. Help us receive your truth. Cling to it, God, no matter what, no matter what waves come or what storms come or what doubts come, God, let us cling to the truth that you speak. Oh God, thank you, Father, for your grace, your mercy, and your goodness. You are good to us. Thank you that you adopted us into your family. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And God is good. All the time. That's right. He is good all the time. I love you guys so much. Uh, just a reminder, let's try to do it. Let's keep that door open today. Keep that conversation going. Um, yes, what was that? I'm looking back. Oh, yeah, yes, groups. Yes, groups, groups, groups. Yes, thank you, thank you. Um, reminder, if you are not plugged into a group, there are signups back there. You're not too late. A lot of the groups haven't actually started yet, so... Jump back there, sign up for a group, get plugged into a community. We want to do life together like we do here. We want to do it regularly throughout the weeks and months going forward to foster that trust and build bridges and connection. Okay, so sign up for a group. The Fall Fest is coming up Friday, Saturday. That's going to be awesome as well. I love you guys, and see you next week. Have a great week. <laughs>